And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hey everyone, welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, the show where we talk about the movies, and we really love to do that. My name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we are going to discuss a film called The Hurt Locker. It is directed by Catherine Bigelow, written by Mark Boll, and it stars Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackey, and Brian Garrity. And I've got to tell you right Mm -hmm. off the bat... Mm -hmm. Catherine Bigelow's work on The Hurt Locker is one of the greatest pieces of directing I have ever seen. This film is a masterpiece. I agree. It's a brilliant piece of movie making. It's gut-wrenching, it's heartbreaking, and it's a nail-biter on top of all of that. It's set in Iraq in 2004. I understand that they could not shoot in Iraq, but they shot in Jordan, and they had all sorts of problems there, too. And it is about an elite squad of soldiers Mm -hmm. whose only job is to find and defuse bombs. Right. And Anthony Mackie is the sergeant, and the guy who shows up to take the lead in this military operation is Staff Sergeant William James, played by Jeremy Renner, and (laughs) my God. God, he is wonderful. He's so brilliant. One of the things that makes this picture so fascinating and so compelling is that Jeremy Renner, as Staff Sergeant William James, is a very cool customer when it comes to defusing bombs. In fact, he's the kind of guy who loves his job, I might add, so much so that you begin to see that James is addicted to danger. It is a drug. I think they make that statement early on in the movie that war is a drug. And in this case, you can see, and as you watch the movie unfold in front of you, you begin to see how hooked on the action of defusing bombs is William James. It's amazing. And he's a very scary guy, except when you get him off the field and with his soldier buddies, and when he thinks about his wife, and we meet his wife very shortly at the end of the film, played very nicely mm-hmm. by Evangeline Lilly. He's a human being. He's a very kind, so. giving man. But this war business, especially this exceptionally dangerous job in the middle of a war, is what keeps him going. I think, too, Les, one of the reasons why this film works so well, and it is the first movie that I've seen about the conflict in Iraq that I felt was successful. Yes. Because in this movie, there is no political agenda. There are no sermonettes about the president or who put us into the conflict and why we're there. There's nothing about Washington in this movie. This is a movie about survival. It could be a war movie about World War II or Vietnam or Korea. It's unimportant. What is the focus of this picture and the center of it is the will to survive and how soldiers will take care of each other. That's really what this movie for me, is all about. And that's why it is so very, very moving, despite the fact that there is not a single blade of grass shown in this entire movie. They're in the desert, and I'm talking desert. Dry. There is nothing pleasant about where they are, certainly not where they're living, and not when they're out mm-hmm. on the streets of Baghdad doing what they do. There is a scene, and mm-hmm. where they are out in the desert, and they get into a firefight with a group of Iraqi mm-hmm. rebels in the desert. The director keeps this scene on the screen for 20 minutes 
And Mm -hmm. later you realize that Catherine Bigelow's point was that this is a lot like war. It's not action and shooting and the gunfight at the OK Corral. skillful editing. (laughs) Very skillful editing. Mm -hmm. It's the way war, unfortunately, really is. Well, I think, too, it's purposely slow at times. And then Bigelow gets the action going. She does it with such a jolt that you feel like you're reeling from it all. In fact, after I saw the movie, it was so intense that I needed a week of R&R less. And also, I felt like I was in the movie with the soldiers. Absolutely. Totally engaged throughout the film. Look at these three guys, Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackie, and Brian Garrity. It took me about an hour to finally accept the fact that they are actors, that they are not soldiers who did this for a living. Right. I agree with you. The actors were all wonderful, and Catherine Bigelow handled them beautifully. This is an astonishing, astonishing film. And when I left the theater and I went home, Mm -hmm. I poured myself a drink Mm -hmm. because it is that harrowing to watch this film. Look, The Hurt Locker is all action. It's all suspense. There's very little of the outside world that is shown here. Catherine Bigelow has created an almost claustrophobic universe Yes, where war surrounds the actors 24-7. It's only at the very end when we see James going home and we catch a couple of scenes with him in a supermarket and so on, and we can see that life is a difficult adjustment for him, that he would rather, again, be back on the battlefield and doing that which gives him his identity. It is his drug, and there's nothing that he can do about it. This is powerful, wonderful movie making, and I want to say, too, that the character of William James is the kind of guy that you want to have on your team if you are unfortunate enough to have to go to war. Absolutely. There were some big names in this film playing very small parts. Correct. Guy Pierce, Mm -hmm. Rafe Fiennes. Very fine. He was wonderful. (laughs) David Morris, and I mentioned Evangeline Lilly, Mm -hmm. but Guy Pierce you don't even recognize. (laughs) (laughs) Because he looks like he's been in the war for a year, which indeed he has. Ray Fiennes is also hard to spot right away. Yes. Look, this is a sensational movie. I think that Bigelow has created a feeling about war here that I have not seen in a movie in many, many years. What was so surprising to me, Les, and I know this is going to sound strange because I am a female, but I was really surprised that a woman directed this film. And I think she did so with as much strength and compassion and panache as any man would. And I think that really speaks well of the superb eye and touch of Catherine Bigelow. I couldn't agree with you more, Anne. So extraordinary filmmaking, an unforgiving picture of war, a tale of decent men trying to survive in a hellish world with stunning performances by a cast of unknowns who will soon become household names. For me, The Hurt Locker gets a green light. It's a definite green light picture for me, too. It's not an enjoyable film. I mean, you don't sit there and laugh or smile, but you get so totally emotionally sucked into it. It's tough. It's unrelenting. And it really, really makes you look differently at the guys who, even today, are over there wearing uniforms Mm -hmm. and saving our lives. So two glowing, victorious green lights for The Hurt Locker, directed by Catherine Bigelow and starring the astonishing Jeremy Renner.
Well, we're going to be back to talk about another film very, very soon. I hope you will join us because we always have a great time, even when we talk about a film we didn't like as much as this one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's always fun, and it's fun for me. And I am so grateful and so thrilled that I got a chance to see this film. It's one of those handful of films that you'll never forget as long as you live. Until we see you next time, my name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Review hopes that we're going to run into you, hopefully, watching a great movie like The Hurt Locker at the theater. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.